Thank you so very much to, to each of you who have uh, participated this morning and shared in, uh, in leading us in such special ways, both in prayer and praise. Um, if you would, take your Bibles and turn with me to, to John chapter 8. Um, I just want to take a few minutes to, to talk just a, a little bit further about what it is we celebrate today. We certainly celebrate our, our freedom as a nation. That's something that we must never, ever, ever take for granted. Um, but as we gather here together as God's people today, we celebrate our freedom in Jesus Christ. And friends, that, that is the greatest freedom. That is a freedom that can be experienced whether you're uh, under the, the dictatorship of North Korea or in communist China or Islamic Republic of Iran. You are free in Christ, regardless of whatever your external circumstances might be. It can be experienced by anyone, anywhere, anytime around the world. It's a freedom that is a, a release from the chains that enslave a person's soul. It's a freedom of soul and heart. May we all say together, thank God for our freedom in Christ. Thank God for our freedom in Christ. Well, Jesus defines that freedom for us in John chapter 8, where it begins in verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, and, and, and as Jesus is speaking to these people, he's speaking to a people who are uh, what you might describe as casual followers. They're not quite committed yet. They're kind of leaning in Jesus' direction, but they're not convinced. They're not fully devoted followers of Christ. And so what he goes on now to, to explain to them is exactly what it means to be a fully committed follower of Christ, one who is truly free in him. See, when, when most people think about personal freedom, they think of what? They think of, well, I, I can be free to do whatever I think, whatever I say, whatever I do, whatever I want to do, no limits, and then certainly no one imposing any control upon me. But here's what Jesus says, that the greatest freedom is all about. If you abide in my word, and you are, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, freedom in Christ is the result, he says, of abiding in his word. Now, I love that word abide. It means to stay, to remain, to continue in his word. And the best picture I can give you of that is a, a memory I have uh, of many, many years ago of, of my oldest daughter, Katie, when she was just a little toddler. Now, uh, sometimes I would scoop her up and set her on my lap and, and she would maybe hug me, maybe not. And she would kind of begin to get fidgety and, and, and all wiggly and want to get almost immediately back down. But then other times, I would scoop her up and place her in my lap, and she would lay her head back against my chest and just let me hold her. She would just remain there and let me hold her and love on her. That's the picture of what it means to abide. We abide in Christ when we stay or remain in his presence and let him hold us as we focus on his word and embrace what it is that he has to say to us. We abide in Christ when we make it our aim not just to hear his word but to obey his word, to continue to do what he says, and that truth will make you free. 
You know, we uh, have always had an upright piano in our home, as you might guess, and, and it's actually the same piano that my wife, Julie, who plays our piano here, uh, it's actually the same piano that she learned to play on when she was in third grade and had in their house. And, and these days, when our grandkids now have come along, it's been fun to see what they do with it. I mean, when they get old enough, they can crawl up on the bench and, and sit at the, at the piano, and, and they begin to, to just bang away, freely bang away on the high keys, freely bang away on the low keys, and freely bang away on all the keys in between. Our newest grand, who is just 15 months old, I got to sit with him at the piano the other night as he freely banged away as well. All the grandkids have had the freedom to do that. And I confess that, you know, after a few minutes, the cuteness starts to wear off, and, and, the, and the, it's just not a very pleasant sound to listen to. But now, now one of our seven-year-old grandsons is learning to play the piano. He's taking lessons. He's been learning how to read music. He's learning the discipline of practice. And so now as he plays, he has freedom, just as he did when he banged on it as a toddler, but now... It's the freedom to make wonderful music, wonderful sounds. His, his abiding in the fundamental principles of music and proper technique is resulting in creating beautiful sounds, making beautiful music. That's genuine freedom. And the more he continues to abide in that, the more he is free to play the piano as it was created to be played. True freedom is not banging around in life however you want to do. True freedom. Remember Jesus said, when you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Remember what a disciple is. The word disciple means a learner. I know, how it, I know, I know that feels contrarian because our fear is that if we abide in his word that somehow it is going to restrict our freedom. But it's really just the opposite. Exactly the opposite. When we choose to abide in his word, that's how we make beautiful music with our lives. When we choose to abide in his word, his truth sets us free, free to become all that he has created us to be in him. I think it was C.S. Lewis in his book, The Screwtape Letters, who first spoke of Christians as amphibians. I'm going to take you back to your ninth grade biology class for a minute, okay? You remember what an amphibian is? An amphibian, the most common example of that is a frog. An amphibian is a creature that, that lives on both land and water. So, for instance, if you put a frog in an environment that has no water, it would not survive. An amphibian who tries to live on land only will die. As Christian amphibians... We live on this land that we call earth. But without the living water of Jesus Christ, our souls will shrivel up to next to nothing. That spiritual hydration happens through the work of the Spirit of Christ within us as we abide in his word. His word renews, replenishes, refreshes our souls with his truth. Unless we abide we will not thrive, plain and simple. Of course, our first taste of freedom that Christ gives us that, that happens when we fully commit our lives to him as Lord and Savior is that he frees us from eternal death and gives us eternal life. 
He said in John 5, 24, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. See, that's freedom from the consequence of sin. But not only does he give us that, but Jesus can also free us from the day-to-day struggle with sin. Remember, before you came to know Christ, you were a 24-7 landlubber, right? You had no help to overcome sin. I mean, you didn't have much of a want to in that regard to overcome sin. But after receiving Christ, you are now a Christian amphibian. You now have the want to in your heart to overcome sin. And because you have the living water, (coughs) the indwelling spirit of Christ within you, he now gives you the power to overcome sin. Through him, you have the power to choose not to give your life to sin, but to choose instead to give yourself to him, to abide in his word. You know, just a few chapters later in John's gospel, Jesus again uses that wonderful word abide to describe this critical decision that we must make if we want to have true freedom. In John 15, verse 5 and 6, he says, abide in me, that is, choose to abide in me, and I, in essence, he's saying, I will choose to abide in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In other words, the more you choose to abide in Christ and in his word, the more fruit you will bear, the more freedom in Christ you will enjoy. It just makes sense, right? I mean, if, if it's much harder to sin when you're continuously holding to his teaching and abiding in his word. So we just have to resist trying to wiggle away from him. In fact, he wants to give you freedom from all those things that can pull you away from him. Fear, anxiety, guilt, debilitating habits, addictions of every kind, pride, prejudice, every sin that so easily trips us up. Well, this is a a good summertime spiritual checkup opportunity for us, I think, this morning. Are you choosing daily to abide in his word are you now as i stand up here and and, and look around the room you guys are looking pretty good (laughs) especially for having gone through that terrible storm last weekend right i mean what how amazing was that julie and i got out on sunday afternoon and and, uh, we're going to go try to find a father's day lunch somewhere and and we went to uh, one of our our favorite spots to go near downtown and it was closed shut down no uh, lack of power we went on to our second choice. It was closed like a power, so we started driving back toward, through Midtown toward uh, Brookside, and we were absolutely amazed at all the destruction that we saw. And, and I was particularly overwhelmed by how many huge trees had either broken in half or just simply had fallen over. And, and as we drove by many of those, I, I noticed a couple of things. One, for those that had, some, some that had broken in half, it appeared that, and exposed the inside of the trunk, 